Welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Ken Brannan, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from John, chapter 12, beginning at the 20th verse. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Here ends the reading. The theological import of today's gospel passage is that the good news of Jesus is meant for all. Even the Greeks, the outsiders, are now coming to Jesus. This in turn is a cue that Jesus' moment of glorification is near. Later in the same chapter, Jesus says, I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. The light of the gospel is available to all. But the part of this passage that catches my attention and makes me smile is the circuitous route of communication. The Greeks make their request to Philip, who then approaches Andrew, who then approaches Jesus with Philip. I'm curious about all these steps. Were the Greeks afraid to approach Jesus because they feared they would be rejected as outsiders? Was Philip some kind of gatekeeper, the one through whom outsiders had to pass? And why did Philip approach Andrew? Was Andrew part of an inner circle who had special access to Jesus? Maybe Andrew was like the chief of staff who vets requests before bothering the president. I love the specificity of this story because it preserves the indirect communication route. This got me thinking about communication in our own time, especially in the church. Have you ever noticed the circuitous route a message can take? A frustrated employee doesn't approach the colleague with whom she has an issue, but goes to another coworker and complains. That coworker then goes to another coworker and passes the word along until finally, maybe, it reaches the colleague in question. This indirect pattern of communication is called triangulation, and it usually springs from fear of conflict. Triangulation isn't limited to church staff. It happens all the time. Just think about your family or circle of friends. How often do you learn something, not from the one who has an issue, but from some intermediary? A sister goes to her brother, who goes to mom, who goes to dad. It's all quite common. The problem with indirect communication is that it can actually create distrust and rob relationships of greater intimacy and understanding. 
fear of conflict tends to preserve dysfunctional patterns and over time weaken the bonds of affection. The Bible is quite clear about how to handle relational problems. The first step is for a person to approach another person directly if it is safe to do so. If that doesn't work, the original person may bring along another trusted person to bear witness to the conversation. Only if neither of these approaches work should more people get involved. It's always best to handle problems at the most local level and give those interventions time to work before involving other people. Healthy communication is part of effective discipleship. It keeps the channels open and allows relationships to deepen and expand. Think about how much time is wasted with indirect communication. Backbiting or gossip particularly are like plaque in the arteries or gunk in a car engine. They interfere with smooth functioning and can eventually shut the whole system down. The New Testament often refers to the fact that Jesus is coming again at any time. Part of having our lamps lit and remaining awake is developing constructive habits. One way to love our neighbors is to respect them enough to speak with them directly about any problems we may have. This keeps us honest and gives others a chance to grow and change. That sounds like kingdom work to me. We don't know why the Greeks approached Jesus indirectly or why Philip felt it was necessary to involve Andrew, but the message finally found its mark. Jesus made it clear that all who trust in him have a place in God's eternal kingdom. I'm sure he would have been happy to tell the Greeks that directly. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.